Bad news on my TV screen, bad news on the magazines, bad news on the newspaper. And good afternoon. This is Alicia Bales live in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax. Hello, Drew. Hello, Alicia. And we are here with the local coronavirus update still. Still not gone. (laughs) Nope. And pandemic's not gone. So here we are with you for as long as it lasts. Well, newsflash, on my drive down here, I heard that the head of the CDC, Dr. Redfield, announced or testified that facial masks actually work testified wow right news flash indeed wow i'm only, so glad only they're seven ahead of the months curve. yeah exactly <laughs> so that's where we stand nationally um locally the air is clear so go back outside everybody it's safer outside happy lungs yeah i don't know what the east part of the county looks like but here in Anderson valley it's gorgeous finally all right local numbers are such uh we were at 789 on monday we are up to 808 today um so up by 19 uh we have a total of 24,573 tests that have been run Uh, 1230 of those are pending there are still only three people hospitalized in the county and only i'm sorry all three of those are in the icu um which is you know obviously serious for those three individuals but we're still not experiencing any significant sort of overt burden on our healthcare system, either locally um, or statewide. Our uh, percent positivity remains quite low, three and a quarter percent or thereabouts, and we're running at about five um, per five cases per 100,000 per day, uh, which is well below what we would need to maintain for three weeks to get us off of the purple and into the red. Um, so that's good. Uh, Sonoma is also trending down, um, 8.4 cases per 100,000 per day. California's still trending down. We're under uh, 3,000 new cases um, over the last 24 hours. So good news locally and statewide. Um, nationally, the numbers are actually starting to perhaps tick back up. Um, we're right around 40,000 in the last 24 hours. We had been sort of in the mid-30,000 type of range. It's interesting to note the last probably four, almost six weeks now, our national 14-day trend um, had been going down day by day. Um, And it's still going down, but I think in the next week to 10 days, we're going to start seeing that trend um, start upswinging again. I think our downward trajectory is going to draw to a close unless there's a significant um, embrace of uh, masking and social distancing. Is that just because you're watching the numbers or... Watching the numbers and and also I I think, you know, it's been coming down ever since we had that national sort of massive surge in the end of July, early August. And so obviously once we got those numbers down, the trend has been downward. But as it's getting colder, not necessarily here in California, but particularly in New England where cases are very low right now. um, And in particular where we have some schools that are actually doing in-person schooling, etc. We're going to start seeing the trend reverse. Um, Hopefully it doesn't get back up to the 60, 65,000 daily cases, but it's not going to hover in the mid-30s, I'm afraid, uh, throughout the fall. Otherwise, um, it's also... Yeah, 
unfortunately predictable and interesting. The heat map, the COVID heat map right now, really does sort of follow the uh, red state, blue state uh, distribution. Uh, California is a bit hotter than it should be um, just because we've bungled it so badly earlier this summer and we're still recovering from that. Um, but the the hot states, the states that have a fairly high incidence of COVID still um, really are sort of the, the Midwestern down into the south uh, states, states that aren't really embracing mask wearing, um, social distancing quite as much as elsewhere. So are we going to see this sort of teeter-totter this is our destiny now. This just kind of goes down a little bit. It kind of reminds me of like watching the tide go out. You know, it's like slow, almost imperceptible. The numbers are going down, and then are they gonna? They probably won't imperceptibly swing back up. They probably surge, right? Well, it, it depends. I mean, I, I, the honest answer, I don't think anybody really knows. I think a lot of practitioners are quite concerned that once we um, start having sort of na- nationwide cold weather and we all go inside and we start having flu and all the other viral stuff, um, then we're going to start seeing a lot more cases. Um, but... You know, we haven't had a fall yet with this virus, um, and so we don't really know. But it, you know, and what we do know about it suggests that we should be in a worse position um, come December than we are right now. It's kind of crazy that we are, however many months in we are now, I don't even know, I've lost count, um, that we're just adjusting yeah. to this reality. Yeah. It's like, you know, said bye to my kid today when he was in, what class was he in? Chemistry, you know, in his bedroom. Taking the he was taking the standardized tests today in second period in his in his room. Does you know, have, it's like, does he have a chemistry lab set up in his bedroom? Not that I've seen. God, <laughs> I hope not. I'll check. <laughs> but no, no, he's just there. You know, and um, it, it really if you talked to us a year ago about whether or not we would tolerate this, I would have never thought we would tolerate this. But here we are, just adjusting, getting ready for things to get worse in the fall, and you know. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we're, still, we're still having, you know, the equivalent of two 9-11s every week. Um, and that's that's normative at this point uh, in this country. So it's it's a it's an odd new reality and it's not a very uplifting one. There is a little bit of good news. One of the major drug companies, not my favorite way to release public health or uh, health data, um, but they released a a press release talking about monoclonal antibodies as a treatment for COVID. Um, And at least the data that's still unpublished shows that that works. Um, It's going to be very expensive. Um, It's only going to be used on the sickest patients if it does work. Um, But it's, you know, it adds to the other two. We really only have two treatments besides oxygen uh, for sick people with COVID at this point. So if we get a third, that would be, that would be nice. How is that different from convalescent plasma? So this is synthesized in a lab, and it's oh. simply one antibody that they are able to synthesize, and then you can buy, you can get a vial of it. Whereas the convalescent plasma is actually plasma um, donated by individuals, um, and then it's purified and so they transported. take other people's antibodies versus creating an antibody in the lab. Correct, and the and the convalescent plasma has the full complement of antibodies, whereas this is a single antibody that was selected because it was thought that it would be quite effective, and it apparently may be. What did this press release say about how effective it is? Well, it, it appears, I mean, it's very preliminary, and the study isn't published yet, so I, I don't want to get too much into the details, but it, it decreased mortality um, and morbidity quite a bit, decreased the number of hospital stays, and it also had, uh, what, from what we can tell, a clear... Um, 
effect on the amount of viral load in individuals that were given the actual drug versus placebo. Hey, that is hopeful. That's yeah. really hopeful. Well, it's one more thing. You know, it's not a cure. It's not a, there's not a silver bullet, but as we accumulate these little things, it's going to be helpful. And the tide goes up a little bit more. Um, okay, we have a couple of questions from listeners who emailed. Sure. We do indeed. So a couple questions. Question number one, do social distancing and other COVID measures also protect enough against the flu? Parentheses, to not have to get a flu shot, question mark, close parentheses. So uh, part A, yes. Part B, no, uh, to summarize. It, it really does actually help protect against the flu. And when we started doing the social distancing back in uh, March, uh, flu just disappeared. It was astonishing. We were in the sort of in the middle of flu season back then, uh, and once we all went inside and shut ourselves in and didn't go out, it just stopped being an issue. So it does help, um, but it certainly doesn't help to the extent that I would recommend foregoing the flu shot. To the contrary, I think this is probably the most important year in the last decade to get a flu shot. So all of you people who tend to put off getting the flu shot year after year, this would be a, a very good year to make certain that you get protected. We can get our stickers for getting a flu shot and a COVID test. And voting. And voting. And, and registering with the U.S. Census. I mean, stickers everywhere. There's so right. many things to accomplish. Yeah. All right. Question number two. We've been paying our house cleaner to not come and really miss her. We were wondering if she wore a mask and, ha and we had windows open. Would it be safe enough to have her clean our house? Is there anything we could do to make it safer? And yes, I know nothing has changed except our resolve. How about rating it on a scale of 1 to 10? All right. So a couple things. Um, First, it is relatively safe to have other people in your house with a mask if you leave the air if you leave it to air out for a while afterward. But I also would encourage you, and this is obviously something that you're probably considering since you're paying your house clean, cleaner to not come. <laughs> um, but you have to entertain the the risk that you are. Um, posing against your house cleaner, right? So you may be um, thinking that you are free of COVID um, when in fact the house cleaner coming in to clean your house may be exposing him or herself to your COVID. So it's a two-way street. Um, and so it's you know, it, is it safe? Yeah, it's relatively safe. Is it safer than eating in a indoors in a restaurant? Probably. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would put this somewhere on a 3 to 4 type of um, situation. It's a lot more risky than pumping gas, for example. That was a point of anxiety back in March. Um, it's certainly safer than getting on an airplane. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of in that realm of, yeah, I could see you wanting to get your house cleaner back into your house. Maybe wipe down some high-risk surfaces after he or she is gone, but... You know, it's there. It, it, it is difficult to assess risk, and as we are, you know, staggering through this for so long now, um, some of the things that we've all given up on, we really want to start, you know, restart. Um, and you know, probably a house cleaner for some people is one of those items. Um, so, is there anything you can do to mitigate risk? Stay out of the house for a while. Um, open all the windows. Maybe put some fans in. Just get that air flushed. Um, you know, and you know, at that point, just not worry about it. Well, and also do that before they come. Yeah. So you know, both and, and before don't be and there after. When they're there. Yeah. Exactly. 
So you, you certainly don't want to be in the house with um, somebody else who's cleaning your house, even if you're both masked. That's just, it's just not worth it. Yeah, I, the risks are still relatively quite, quite low. So I, I really wouldn't worry about this too much unless you are an extremely high-risk individual. Um, I, I certainly think it would be okay for you to have the house cleaner come in. You know, I go to work and I'm exposed to probably 50 to 100 people in a single shift in the emergency room, at least. Um, and, I, you know, I don't give it a second thought, really. I wear my mask, I wash my hands, and I just keep moving forward. So, you know, one person coming into your house once a week and it's a same person and if that person has been vetted and seems to be relatively safe um, from your perspective and that person's willing to come into your house yes that's fine on a scale of one to ten with ten being ten being ten being death. you know going into a restaurant you know sneezes cough and yell <laughs> restaurant um you know that kind of thing yeah <laughs> dinner theater yeah. dinner opera theater yeah dinner opera theater where we all yeah anyway all right all right, that's it for our email questions. Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448 to get live on the air with your questions. This is the local coronavirus update with Dr. Drew Colfax, who works in the ER at the Kaya Adventist Hospital. So on one of our um, healthcare workers on the front lines in our community helping to keep us safe from... I should say, before we start taking yeah. calls, just I haven't given my general disclaimer oh, for okay. months and months. And so, you know, I am an ER doctor. I am part of Pacific Redwood Medical Group. I think I have their complete support, but I am not an employee of Adventist Health. I do not speak on behalf of Good them call. or of the or for the county. So speaking on said, behalf of you, I speak solely on behalf of me, and that's probably clear to most every single listener <laughs> at this point. But you know, I'll just put it on the record now and then. Or KZYX, we have a disclaimer too. This is, everybody should disclaim. Well, you know, nobody, nobody's going to take any. There will be lawyers, <laughs> says the lawyer. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's take our first call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. I have a few questions. I'll be really, really brief. Doctor Colfax. Uh, is it too soon to get a flu shot right now, or should you wait a while? So, you know, there's a lot of angst around timing of flu shots. My bigger concern, frankly, is people are going to put it off and then not get it. Um, and so, in general, my recommendation is going to be absolutely positively get your flu shot. And if that's going to be tomorrow, that's fine. If you think you can really pinpoint the exact date to, um, that optimizes sort of the immune response that is triggered by the flu shot, then, you know, unofficially you could wait another three weeks. Um, but Until October. Sure. But, okay. you know, I, I don't really want to encourage that too much because I'm afraid if I encourage anybody to put off getting their flu shot, they will put it off and then forget about it. Okay, um, well, I'm a vulnerable senior. I definitely am not going to put it off. But also, ditto with, an, is it true that if you've had a pneumonia shot once, you never need to get one again? That is not true. I believe it's on a seven-year schedule. Um, but that is, you, you do need to get that renewed sporadically. It's not an annual thing. Um, and not being a primary practitioner, I can't recollect if the current guideline is five or seven years. Um, but it is a recurrent thing. But it's not for life, like the pharmacy told me it was. No, okay. no, it, it's not. And you know, while we're talking about vaccines, a lot of a lot of seniors are not aware of the shingles vaccine um, because that is a newer vaccine. So if you haven't gotten the shingles vaccine, go get it. Because it works, and boy, shingles is not a fun illness. So you should get all of those if 
flu, uh, shingles, and pneumonia if you haven't had one for years. That's correct. And if you got them all on the same day, would it be safe? Um, it would be safe. Yes, you might want you might want to um, space it out a little bit. Your your um, vaccine reaction might be a little more robust than you would like, um, and you might feel pretty cruddy the next day or two afterwards. A so, achy. yeah, I. Okay. I you really quick more. Yeah. My mother's 104 in oh L.A. Gosh. She fell down. She's got 24-hour care, but she is 104. Should she get any of those shots? Well, the answer is yes, um, but, you know, not knowing your mother's health conditions other than her advanced age, it's, it's hard for me to say so definitively. Uh, you know, the... The flu shot would be certainly indicated. Uh, well, I, I, she needs to talk to her doctor about that. Um, well, I can't even. The caregivers are saying, "Oh, she's too old. She doesn't need it." Well, the, you know, and I don't. I don't want to disagree with them too strongly. Actually, 104 years. It doesn't take a lot to perturb whatever has gotten that person to the 104. And I'm afraid it's going to make her sicker. Well, it, it maybe not. It, it's not going to cause the illness that you're vaccinating against. Um, but the the possibility that it's going to induce a vaccine response in her that's going to make her feel worse in some way, um, make her perhaps fall and hurt herself. I just. Well, she's in a wheelchair. She can't walk at all anymore. Well, I, I've, I've, I, I hear you. I just, okay. I, I'm not sure that I would come down strongly on vaccinating a 104 year old okay. living at My home. My last quick question: If I want to talk to you about something that's too personal to talk about over the air, is there any way I can call you, or if I can get to email, email you? Sure, but I'm not going to announce that over the air. No, so. I don't mean now, but tell me how I could reach you. You can call the station, and um, they will forward your information to me. That's right. Or you can email me at pd at kzyx.org, and I'll forward awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you yep. for everything. All right. Thanks All right. for the call. 104, though. I, I saw a 108-year-old in the emergency room a few days ago. So, you know, what 104. emergencies befall a 108-year-old? Well, I mean, generally, not Generally, she was doing just fine. So, oh. 108. That's <laughs> that's a little bit advanced. Yeah. Maybe by the time I'm 108, this pandemic will be gone. Yeah, maybe. They'll have a vaccine. Yeah, maybe. Um, okay, the lines are open. It's 707-895-2448. This is the local coronavirus update with Dr. Drew Colfax. we got about 10 minutes left. So if you've always wanted to get on, but you never could. Look at that. An get, empty get, switchboard. <laughs> we finally wore them out. We did. And that's fine because it's a beautiful day. And maybe you're outside for the first time in a week and breathing the air out in the garden, not thinking about the pandemic. For the well, it next truly wave. does feel like there's a news law, really, in, in terms of pandemic um, information right now. And we talked about that after the show on Monday. I just, you know, this feels like we're kind of waiting for the fall hammer to drop. The vaccine drama is going to play itself out. Um, and the numbers are improving in the county. They're not great, but they're trending downward rather than surging upward. So things are kind of steady as they go right now with COVID. Right. And our emergency response 
infrastructure here in the county that usually keeps us up to date on all this is still chugging away on COVID, but they're really preoccupied with this enormous historic fire that's burning, you know, a third of the third of the border of the eastern border of Mendocino yeah. County here, and it's up to almost a million acres. So, you know, stuff's stuff's going on. Yeah, I yes, there's quite a bit going on. And now all three lines are open, or all three lines are full. So let's take our first call. Hello, caller, you're live on the air. Yes, I just wanted to point out that there are, in fact, two different pneumonia shots, and people should get one of each. Yeah, so that that is correct. Um, but I, and I'd have to double check this. So I don't want to say something incorrect over the air. I think that they have been. There's a combined one as well. Um, but. There have been two different pneumonia shots, and when we talk about pneumonia, it's really a combined um, vaccine that um, induces an immune response to multiple different types of um, bacteria and viruses that tend to cause pneumonia. It does not render you immune from pneumonia as a general concept. There are people who are shocked that I, you know, diagnose them with pneumonia when they just got their pneumonia shot. So don't 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 be fooled into thinking that this protects anybody absolutely against pneumonia. It's really actually about as effective, maybe even a little less effective than the flu shot. You can still get the flu with the flu shot, but it just tends to not be as severe. Uh, but yes, that is a good point, caller. Okay, bye. Thanks for the call. And it, even if you have the pneumonia shot, that doesn't do anything for COVID. That is correct. Well, let me rephrase. You don't want to get pneumonia, end up in the hospital during COVID. So getting your pneumonia shot decreases your risk of getting a serious lung infection that would require hospitalization. Great. Or put you in a, an immune-compromised state. You just don't want any of this stuff. You really don't. Period. No. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. So um, next week I have back-to-back um, appointments in Santa Rosa, first with the dentist and then with the eye doctor. Um, should I probably cancel one of them since they're both kind of in-your-face appointments? Um, I don't, you know, I, I think they're both necessary um, at this point. I mean, I have been sort of hammering the point that this is going to be going on you know, at least until next spring, and, you know, Fauci is saying until the end of next year, so we're looking at another 15 months. I, you know, the only reason why I would suggest that you might want to cancel one is fairly weak evidence about this whole viral load um, and the degree or the severity of the illness. So if both your dentist and your ophthalmologist or your optometrist had COVID and exposed you, um, then the risk that you would have of getting a more severe form of COVID may be higher. Those are a lot of ifs and some pretty bad luck. So driving to Santa Rosa and back, I would just minimize my risk and get it all done at once um, and come back. And, you know, that way those health maintenance items will be checked off your list. For at least another year. For at least another year. Yes, one hopes at least. Thank you. Yep. All right. Thanks for the call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Thank you. Yep. Hi, my name is Rose, and I'm calling uh, concerning the previous caller. Uh, actually, she brought up a question. Um, I tried to schedule uh, two separate appointments, one with a GP and then a specialist. And uh, this is all in the Adventist system here in, uh, in Willis. And I was told that they're only allowed to take 
one appointment per day. And I'd never heard of such a thing. It, it really makes it kind of tough on us, uh, quote, vulnerables, the term I resent profusely. And secondly, I have heard that this uh, this is a virus. And uh, my friend, the nursing student, has told me viruses really neither live nor die. Uh, she mentioned a term, a- attenuation. And I'm just uh, curious about how these critters multiply and what exactly the terminology uh, is used in that situation. So thank you for all your hard work. Both of you are just so meaningful to all of us. Thank you. So, Rose, I'm not sure what clinic or practitioner you talk to that's only seeing one person a day. Um, I guess it's a good job. I probably shouldn't say. No, no, no. I'm not asking you to disclose that. That does not um, scan with me. I, I don't really think that there are any practitioners that I know of who are seeing one individual a day. So, I know oh, I'm talking about two different providers um, in different fields. There's a GP and there's a dermatologist. And I said, well, you can't see both in the same day. Oh, I see. So they don't want you to do two appointments on the same day. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking maybe this is a follow the money issue. I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably not. The billing would be separate for those two providers, so they'll get their money even if they were to see you on the same day. Um, yeah, well, then I'll recheck my facts. I, I, no, I'm not yeah. saying you're wrong. There, there may the be virology a virology question. <laughs> yeah, so let me get to that. So um, viruses do die. Um, they can be killed by multiple means, including the hand sanitizer that we've all been investing heavily in for the last seven months. Um, UV radiation um, kills them, and some Sunlight kills them. They, when the, we talk about attenuation, um, that, that refers to damaged viruses um, that are no longer thought to be uh, infectious. And so a okay. virus can become attenuated um, it, over time or with uh, radiation or any of these other means of killing it to the point where it's no longer uh, infectious. It, gotcha. it so may, they do actually, it's like me, they metabolize like... Yeah, they don't. Me- get how they, they don't metabolize how they a lot until they get into a host cell. Um, so they don't really start to metabolize and, and burn a lot of energy until they get into a host cell, and then they, you know, hijack that cell's um, m- machinery essentially and make uh, multiple copies of themselves, and on the order of you know millions per cell that's infected. So they they spew out an enormous quantity of themselves once they get into a host, uh, and they're. Yeah. Their at least initial point of entry tends to be mucous membranes, the respiratory tract, and, and the eyes. In in this species yeah, with this yeah. virus. Um, okay. Don't forget the nose. We're all worried about the nose now. <laughs> uh, I, yes. Please don't forget to cover your nose. Wait, There's does, so it, does a face mask work? It doesn't it's cover so the nose. Many noses hanging yeah. out. Yeah. Thanks for the All right, Rose, hang in there. Okay. Hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't go out that much. So, yeah. Do you know anything about this uh, air quality index? Another uh, suggests the fires. Uh, I'm hearing these numbers, and I'm not familiar with that scale. Uh, and you may not know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I, I, I don't want to speak, you know, authoritatively about it because I haven't really studied it. But air quality index is not something we tend to track too much here in 
um, Mendocino County because fortunately air quality is pretty good. Um, but the numbers, the index has been atrocious over the course of the last, uh, what, two weeks now almost. Um, we seem to be getting a reprieve, at least in this part of the county. I'm sure Covilo is still terrible. Um, but in general, um, they are accurate. They're reproducible. Um, and the higher the number, the, the worse the air is. So, you know, if you are... Uh, what's the word you hate? Vulnerable, um, and the air quality index is terrible. Then you know indoor, you know indoor living is the way to go. All right, you want, you want to take one more? Sure. All right. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, caller. Good afternoon, caller. You're live Hi. on the air. Hi. Can you turn the radio off? Radio off. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. I can still hear can me. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. So weird. Okay, go ahead. It's, okay. it's way in the distance. Well, anyway, let me go on. Uh, so I have a question and a quick comment. Um, so one of the things I've been doing as, you know, you're supposed to do, like I make a shopping trip maybe, I think I need to shop maybe almost once a week. But anyway, I go early in the morning to avoid crowds. But then there's this whole dance to do when you get home with your groceries, disinfecting and all that stuff. And... Uh, you know, that's one of the... It's, it's like a really the good a old days. It's a grocery uh, shopping question. I'm just wondering question. if there's any new Thanks. information about uh, how <laughs> thorough that one needs to be about that, you know. That's my question. And then the comment is, um, you know, one thing that gives me peace of mind, I don't know if it's reasonable or not, but, you know, I, I wear my mask. I hate wearing my mask. I, so I drive to town to do my shopping, and it, you know, leave my mask off. I put it on before I get out of the car. But I never use my mask without having a bottle of hand sanitizer with me so that that whole issue of touching your mask, I never take it off without using the hand sanitizer. It's just a, they go together constantly, and I think that helps with, at least with peace of mind, whether efficacy is true or not. But anyway, that's my question and my comment, and I'll hang up here. Okay, bye. Yeah, so that's actually a good point is, you know, having the hand sanitizer because we're always constantly wanting to fiddle with our masks. And having a hand sanitizer is, you know, it's the best uh, substitute for having soap and water. And, you know, it's not possible to wash your hands if you're out and about doing your weekly shopping run. So it's imperative to have that because when you do touch your mask, and you will touch your mask, you do want to clean your hands afterward. I also would suggest attempting to just one's mask, not by touching the mask, but by touching the straps that go to your ear, um, because those are not really uh, filtering any of the particulates or the, the aerosols or the droplets that we're hoping to collect on these masks. So if you can, if it starts to slouch down your nose and you can pull it up by grabbing your upper two straps, that's much better than sort of grabbing the mask and manipulating it. But yes, hand sanitizer is definitely the way to go. Uh, back to the first part of the question about groceries. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I think a lot of us were very uh, guilty of sort of a neurotic grocery processing song and dance upon bringing what we presume to be Chernobyl-level um, hot items into our house. I think at this point, um, the data about um, anybody getting infected from grocery items that they bring in um, really just isn't there. Um, we are, we're not really seeing any evidence that people are getting this illness from grocery items. You know, there is still some community spread, certainly, in this county, and there's a lot of community spread nationwide, and by definition, community spread means we don't know where that person got it, uh, so they could be getting it from their eggs from the local A&P, but 
on the whole, the data seems to suggest that they are probably getting it from the person that they cross um, in the aisle at the A.M.P. or at the bar or at the Trump rally. But in general, what I what I'm doing now is a quick rinse of groceries. So I'll just tell you sort of what my level of safety or concern is. Quick rinse of groceries that are um, sealed under just water. I don't spray alcohol or soap on them or anything. Just run them under water because water is the solution to pollution. Um, and you know, I'm fortunate in that all of my vegetables are coming from my garden. So vegetables you could do just a quick soak in vinegar. Um, but really, that's all I'm doing now. I do know other people who are at higher risk than me who are using alcohol sprays on sort of the imperviously packaged grocery items. That's fine. Uh, you could also just leave the non-perishable items alone for 24 to 48 hours and then you're done because the rate of attenuation of this virus um, is such that after 48 hours and certainly 72 hours, you just don't need to worry about any surface contamination any longer. So if it hasn't found a host to start reproducing in 48 hours, it's pretty it's, much it's, done. It's, it's out of its life cycle, yes. Out of luck. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good show. Thanks. Thank you. Lots of good questions. Um, and, I, a and a law, remarkably. I mean, we, we don't get a lot of laws. So perhaps, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, once we uh, once we told people about it, it the law went away. <laughs> but uh, we got a grocery question again. I know. I know. It's like the good old days. Yeah. All right. Well, we are out of time. It's 3.33. Now we want to make way for TUC Radio. This is Alicia Bales in the studio for the local coronavirus update with Dr. Drew Colfax speaking for himself. Only. And only himself. Um, he will be back Monday at 3 o'clock. I will be by phone. Okay. We I'm can going to be that. at work that day. So. Okay, good. So live call in live from, call. from where unless, it is happening. Unless there are multiple you know, CPRs in progress and I can't step away. But I should be able to step away Just to do Just put it. us on speaker. Yeah. All right. See you then. Won't see you, but we'll hear you Monday at 3 o'clock. This Friday at 3 o'clock. We will have a local coronavirus update, but our expert doctor will be Dr. Andy Corin, our local public health officer, will be here for a question and answer. Um, and it'll be following the county's coronavirus briefing that they do weekly, which this week is going to start at 2 o'clock. Uh, we'll be talking with Dr. Corin at 3 o'clock, and then at 4 o'clock, the county will present a, a, a briefing in Spanish. So another Friday chock full of coronavirus updates in two languages so very so, good so much covid yeah well and you know as the tide comes in or goes out or whatever there's little things you know little updates every week to follow so i don't know i find doing following it closely and talking about it on the radio and, and talking with callers and you it just helps me feel a little bit more empowered about what's happening to us you know even if all we're doing is talking about it and, and keeping ourselves as informed as possible um that it just really it, i feel a little bit less hopeless so i hope that listeners i hope you yeah, feel that we, way too i hope I, this is I, a service. it's it's a it's a balance right between one of pure panic <laughs> and uh you know trying to instill some sense of hope as we stagger through this for what's ultimately going to end up being 18 18 months maybe right yeah. Well, and we're all in it together, so it's nice to, you know, have this community forum. So with that, let's get out of here and make way for TUC Radio, and I will see you, talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's KZYXNZ.